joining me to talk about Glee Live and all of the 2011 summer hijinks that kind of went around with it. In 3D! In 3D! This is your 3D podcast, guys. So sit and listen to it. see, but we're doing the hand motion, so... (laughs) (laughs) So let's start um, kind of about, let's, uh, before we get into kind of the fandom stuff, let's talk about the fact that there uh, is this, the concert and the movie and the content of it. Um, and um, I, I, I didn't see the concert in the, the order. I just saw the um, just saw the movie. But kind of going through that, with in case anybody has not seen the movie, um, we're going to recap it for you so you don't ever have to. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, if you haven't seen the movie... Don't bother. Don't. You know, and that's the thing. I, you know, went into this. I'm like, I, I, it's been, I work in, um, a lot of times I work in the movie department of my store, and it sits on the shelf, and I'm like, I just don't have any desire to see that. I think a lot of the performances I've seen online or they're from the show, and the only reason why I went and got it, um, uh, cheaply, I might add, um, is for this podcast, and I kind of, a lot of people are like, well, what did you think? And I'm like... Yeah, didn't really need to to spend money on that. So, um, <laughs> can I just say I loved your live blog of it because I was just oh, cracking up laughing was, having just watched it. I was so entertained and and in the back of my head, and I'm going like you go. Wait, was did that just happen? And I'm like, yes, but you don't know why because it's all <laughs> out of order. Well, let's go through. I mean, I, I have my live blog up, so I'll go through the the order of the movie a little bit. We can start with that. Um, it opens and it feels almost like a movie when it first opens. It has that 20th century logo, you know, <laughs> theme and like this kind of. It starts like an opening of a teen movie, and it just 
then we get the screaming fans. And um, what this concert is, or what this movie is for people that don't know, is the tour cut up in a very bizarre way and in intercut with this documentary on Glee fans. And um, it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just me. <laughs> but this was at the height of Glee's popularity. And so many people, not just our little kind of special niche in our in our special little fandom, but, you know, like the whole world was just obsessed with Glee at this time. And so maybe that's why I'm like, okay, you guys, I'm like, I feel separate from these people a little bit, if that makes any sense. Um, but, yeah, it opens and there's all these, everybody's talking about their favorite characters. Um, nobody says their favorite character is Mercedes or Tina at any point in this whole thing, which makes me sad. Um, and But there are Puck fans out there. <laughs> there's Artie fans out there. Um, one, like, 50-year-old dude who's a Kurt fan, which is okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, they start with Don't Stop Believing. Um, one thing I wanted to note about that is that, the, first of all, the intros are kind of cool, because they come out, and in the movie portion of it, quote-unquote, um, there's, um, they, they kind of all jump out, and it's like, hey, it's this person, and then it says their name over it, and I think that's kind of neat, but, like, Everybody doing it, I'm like, these people are, they're so nervous or they're so uncomfortable or something because Leah, who is like halfway down the thing, is the first one that actually looks comfortable doing it. Everybody else is like, okay, I'm here, smile. So. Well, at that point, she probably was the one who had the most stage experience out of all of them. Like, I know they did yeah. do a tour the year before, but she had been on Broadway for years before and this was a lot bigger. Well, mm. by the time they had filmed the movie... Um, they were three-fourths of the way through the tour, so they had done this song and this intro. The intro didn't change for the movie. They had done this song and this intro a gajillion times. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if it's just because it was like cameras right up in their faces and they didn't want to screw it up. Mm -hmm. Or what? But yeah, they'd already done it a bunch of times because the tour was filmed in New Jersey, and that was one of the last uh, stops that they had before they went to Europe. Mm. Okay. The one, the other thing I noticed about it was that um, I, I wonder how much of it was lip synced because it, oh. you can only hear Mia and Corey um, <laughs> during "Don't Stop Believing." You can't hear it. There's nobody else singing, and. I just had war flashbacks. I'm sorry. War flashbacks? Yes, because I totally forgot until you brought that up. Um, we never could figure out who was lip singing and who was a singing singing, and it was a hot debate all tour long. I think in the movie there's some very obvious ones. I, I it's been I, it's been about a week since I watched it, so I'm a little. But that that first one, I mean, you can always, for example, you can always tell if Chris is singing or not. Um, and if there's no vocal track, if he's, you know, yeah. for him, he's lip syncing, it's very obvious that he is to me anyway. So um, so we get our first of our three fan subjects, I guess we could say. Um, it's a cheerleader. And at first I thought they were trying to, I, I didn't get, because I didn't know anything about the fan part of this. I, and I'm like, are they trying to go for like a you know, Cheerio, Sue Sylvester, you think, but no, basically this girl is, um, what is it, a dwarf or she's a little person. 
little person. I believe that's the correct term, but yep. someone can tell me if I'm wrong. Yep. Uh, exactly. I think that's the term she uses, so... Okay. Yeah, I, I want to say, from what I recall, that's the term she refers to herself as. Okay. And she's a cheerleader, and her story throughout, um, which I think gets the most focus, I'm, I'm not entirely sure why hers gets more focus than anybody else's, um, she is a, you know, uh, she's a little person, and she's kind of, Glee has helped her overcome her height, just like, hey, I've been really accepting of her, which is cool. Um, and she gets a guy to ask her to prom, and then she becomes prom queen. Or princess, prom princess, I think it was. Yeah. It felt very Rachel Berry season three. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where they got the idea. That's what I said in my live blog. <laughs> Um, it was nice I don't know what did you guys think of that part I kind of wondered if they did the whole prom princess thing and then interviewed her because it seemed really obvious that she was going to win just from how it was filmed and that's maybe terrible of me but I was just kind of like they wouldn't have included this whole storyline about her becoming prom princess oh am I going to win unless they knew she was going to win and yes, I'm not saying, like, it was rigged that so she should could win for the movie or anything like that, because I'm sure she did, because everyone in the movie had nice things to say about her. But I'm thinking that they interviewed her after the fact and got all this, and like, oh, am I going to win? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, kind of thing. That's just the feeling I got from it. I, I bet you're right, because they were, had film cameras at prom, and I'm like, what if this didn't turn out good for her? Like, would they have still put this in there? <laughs> Which you've been like, oh, well, at least I got to go with a cute boy. You know, that kind of thing. I don't know. Um, so, let's see what else is over here. Um, they did Empire State of Mind next, and Blaine is in that one. And that goes to the out-of-orderness. I'll talk about that for a second. In the, the actual, um, in the actual concert, there was a kind of a flow to it. Um, yeah. They, and this is all chopped up. They they did the songs in certain groups, and then there's, um, and we'll talk more about the the little skits that come up, but after the skit, um, when the groups actually come back on and do group numbers, Blaine is with them for all of those numbers, and that's like five songs. But the way they cut it for the movie, he's just in the stage, off the stage, doing this. Then he's a warbler, and it makes no sense to anybody yeah. trying to pay attention to what the cast is doing. There's no story. I mean, um, uh, well, okay, we're cutting really quickly. I'm just totally jumping around. Hopefully my follow- my uh, listeners are will not, like, hate me so much for this one being a little disorganized, but um, there was a tour back in 2010. They did a a, a one, uh, which a lot of people don't talk about. Maybe just a lot of things didn't happen at the time, but... um, Well, I uh, think the reason why it's not as talked about is because they only did so many shows, mm -hmm. and only so many people would have gotten to see it. I mean, they did a couple West Coast shows, they did a couple Chicago shows, they did a couple New York shows. That was it. Yeah, so nobody like nobody saw it, or or the ones that did. You know, like it wasn't as prevalent on the internet as like the second That's tour true. ended up being. So there's some stuff that you can go find, and I have seen, and and you know, but then they didn't do a movie. <laughs> oh. Um. 
But uh, getting what, what my point was that you were mentioning that the first tour kind of had this theme about beating vocal adrenaline. Yeah, um, it's it's some of it is just you know like looking at the song tracks and stuff because I haven't seen all the videos, but looking at the song tracks, it's kind of a uh, like a hodgepodge of all their popular songs from the first season. But then mm-hmm. there's, um, you know how like in the second tour there's like a, a, a like a warbler set. Well, in the first tour they had a vocal adrenaline set, and it was just dance numbers. Um, but then uh, I know in at least one moment Kurt says something about um, beating vocal adrenaline, and that's kind of their goal, or that's kind of where they seem to be going with the. Um, like with the flow, because the last couple of songs, I think before they go to, um, like the they have everything in there, including all the costumes from the season. So they even do the regionals numbers. Mm. So okay, well that makes sense. Well, and this one, I, the, the the bigger one, I think there was kind of just in the looking at the playlist for what the concert was. There's kind of this flow. It kind of goes through the season kind of, like, hits everybody in kind of an even way. Um, and, of course, there's the... We'll get to... Obviously, we'll get to the clean get in a little bit and, and Blaine joining the on New Directions. Um, but when you have the movie, just chop it up. There's no flow. These so- The way the songs are ordered in this movie make no sense to me. Um, it just... It's kind of really random. Um, so... Well, and one of the other things that I know that they did that doesn't make it into the movie is um, there was scripted dialogue between some of the songs. Okay. And, um, and well, I, I take that back. It was kept in in one spot um, when Holly Holiday comes out mm-hmm. right after River Deep Mountain High, and she uh, says something to Mercedes about being the, the sexiest member of the Glee Club. And um, that actually is was at done at every show. That was her line there, and then they just changed it so that they could do yeah. Holly Holiday yeah. for the movie. Because that's the only time they do that song throughout the whole tour, except for one other stop when they're in Europe. Yeah. So. Um. So, uh, kind of moving along with my my little like live blog thing. Um. They have um, one of the one of the parts that I actually really liked, uh, and I wish we could have seen. I would have watched a whole movie of just this. Was the cast kind of uh, pretending to be their characters, only a little bit <laughs> overdoing it? Except for Darren, who didn't get the memo. Um, yeah, <laughs> he somehow missed the memo that he was supposed to be in character there. Um, but but um, if you go on YouTube. Their interviews are complete. The ones that are in the movie. Yeah, so they edited some of the interviews. You can actually, there's one for each character. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so if you go, um, I want to say it's called, like, uh, On the Road to Glee Live or something like that. Some random something. Um, Each character has one. And you'll be, once you go through and watch them, you'll see where they cut them to fit into the movie. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and what I think what they did was they released like one every day up to the premiere of the movie. Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> no, but we got a really good kick out of it because Kurt one is hysterical. Oh, what did he do? Just if you um, wanna, like must. he uh, he actually shares his with Artie, and um, and part of it shows up in the movie where Artie says that Mike and me run this ship. It's actually supposed to be Kurt and me run this ship. And then he says something else, and Kurt, uh, Kurt's like preening in the mirror, and then he's like that whole "thank you for loving me" thing. It's so oh. funny. Is that also where Brittany like like gives him bunny ears? Yes, too? yes. Um. Uh. Then there. Uh, well, the funniest. I personally think uh, Heather Morris is is the funniest of of all of them. Um, just because she's so deadpan and ridiculous, and uh-huh. Amber Riley is sitting in the background the whole time. Her face, like the look on her face, she's like, I don't think so. Um, and here's we, we get our introduction to our second of three. I don't know what to call them, mega fans, but super fans, super fans. Um, and for the life of me, I don't remember any of these people's names. His um, name is. Trenton? Trenton, but I don't remember what the girls' names are. She had, uh, I, I think I, the like, leader was Janae or something like that. Janae, like, I yes. I Janae. can't remember what the other girl's <laughs> name is, and I feel really bad because she was the most entertaining one of them all. She was. I. She. She had red hair. She has bright red hair, which uh-huh. is kind of us. She loves Brittany. Yep. Um, she probably was a Britanna fan, but she she really loved Brittany. Um, she named like she named oh, this dog is, I have this quote. Uh, her this quote is um, my car was named Quinn until I crashed. Appropriate for a car named Quinn to crash into something. <laughs> <laughs> That's just uh, she knew before we did what they were gonna do. Oh, and um, they were playing. Or she and her friends were playing this Glee game, which um, I have. <laughs> Please explain the Glee game. I haven't actually played it, but from what I can tell, because I, I, I uh, was at a um, a, sec- a kids secondhand store, sort of like a it's where it's all kids clothing and toys and stuff, and it was like three bucks, and I said, well, you better believe I'm buying that, um, and it looks like it's never been played. And so what it is is, from what I can tell, is you go up and down the board, and when you're when you're uh, going through the board, you pull up a card, and it's sort of like that thing where you can't see who's on your card, so you have to ask a gajillion questions to try and figure out who you are, uh-huh. and then you're one of the characters. Okay. And in the clip that we see of them playing, she actually got the Britney card. And she, and it was so funny because I loved her thing. She's like, I've never gotten that without cheating before. <laughs> I, I think out of the three, she was the most entertaining. I, I think she was most like, um, I, I want to say us bloggers or us like inner fandom people or people that are kind of, she, I mean, she met, I'm assuming it was her girlfriend. They didn't, they kind of was vague about it. Yeah, we didn't um, really say. Uh, or her friend that's a girl, but it, it was kind of implied that it was her girlfriend um, online um, and did online stuff. And I wonder if she's still a fan. I wonder if she she made it through season six. As far as I could tell, 
uh, we were never able to to find those people online and and like talk to so like we don't know like they've never turned up in fandom. That's so weird. So we don't know who they are. Kind of creepy, like mysterious people that we can't find. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wondered that after watching. It's like, how many of the, those three people would claim, as of after season six, that they were Gleeks till the end? Well, how even after season or four? regretted even being in the movie? It's like, oh, oh, why did I do that? I'm going to look back on that with regret. Yeah. Well, and that's what I kind of, that, I think that's, like, I was talking about at the beginning when we opened with all of these screaming fans. So I'm like, how many? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so the, the the little fan interviews that they did, when they did the filming for the movie, they said, okay, here's what's happening. We're filming from this time to this time. If you have tickets for the New Jersey shows and can be at the stadium at this time um, and they may have even ex- done like extra tickets it was like a free thing you just had to be there from this time to this time yeah so like everybody who could show up for the stadium got to see the concert again for free but they also had oh. to put up with like the filming and stuff the stopping and starting it wasn't like a concert concert you know Mm-hmm. And then the actual concert for the New Jersey stop was like later that day. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. I I just it'd be interesting to see like how many of those people made it through season six. How many, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, kind of going on with the little um, timeline here, we we start off after the big group numbers with "I'm a Slave for You," which is. <laughs> really random. I mean, why are you not putting Rachel's solo? I, I don't know. I don't know how they... Okay. <laughs> Heather's dancing was nice. It, it, I don't know if it did much for me other than, you know, the what it did on the screen for the episode. You know, but. honestly, it, that's one of those things that's it's more fun if you're actually there watching her do it. And it is, most of these are going to be under that kind of same yeah. umbrella. So, um, the next one is Puck Solo, which... Okay, this is so... It's Puck discussing about how he can get women, girls, all of them, moms, teenagers. It's just disturbing. Well, this is post-season two. And, I mean, Puck's big storyline in, in in the first couple seasons was how, about how he was a pool boy sleeping with all the moms. I know. I think just in retrospect, it's kind of... Well, I, I mean, it doesn't help with everything that, you know, going on with Mark that has just a whole other layer of skeeviness to it. I, and if I remember my... I mean, this is totally gossipy and rumors, so don't quote me on this, guys. I'm pretty sure it was there were rumors going around about Mark sleeping with, with a lot of the fans. <laughs> I actually have never heard that until you said something about it, so I really don't know. Okay, I, so I, I, I wouldn't... Put it past him. I mean, he I, was feasibly single at the time. I, I, would, I can't, you know, source on that, so I don't remember where I even picked that up from. So I honestly couldn't tell you for sure one way or the other. The other thing that made me a little uncomfortable with this moment is that they're doing fat bottom girl, and every time they say the word fat, they they pan to a woman who is obese in the in the stand. Oh God, I know, and I'm. I'm like, why that is totally that? something 
that the director must have wanted them to do. I don't know why. But um, when they did it, you know, at the actual shows, it was really cute. Um, I can't remember if they kept it in the movie, but Lauren comes out and she, uh, they have a whole little moment beforehand. She's like, hey, Puckerman, get over here or something like that. It's really cute. She orders him around. Yeah, the skit wasn't in there. She comes out, but the skit wasn't in yeah, there. See, yeah, see, it loses something when you take that away. Um, at, at this point, was it determined that Ashley wasn't coming back? And I don't know if she decided not to come um, back or they decided know, not to renew a contract. But I don't I think anyone was... knew about that until the season premiere. Yeah, because oh, okay. I was just watching an interview and she was like, oh, the season's going to be explosive. And I got the opinion that at the beginning of season three, she was fired. But that's just... Part of me wonders, and I have no basis for this, that maybe they were trying to work out some kind of contract and couldn't come to an agreement, so she... She was only in one episode of season three, and she came back a couple episodes in, like, four and six. Yeah, and then, uh uh-huh, yep. And the finale, but then she... But, like, I loved Lauren... I'm biased. I enjoyed Lauren. I enjoyed her storyline with Puck. So I was actually kind of sad that she didn't come back for season three. Me I was too. just kind of wondering why she was in the tour only for um, only to come back. Yeah, Ashley, Ashley pushed for it. Yeah, and like, Ashley pushed for it, and her and Chris were becoming super besties, and. He may have said, I want her to come. And, of course, this is a man who just won a Golden Globe and yeah. was one of your most highly touted actors. And are you going to tell him, no, I don't think you are? You know what? I, in thinking of that, and this is totally me armchair psychology here, so please take this, not just you guys, but the audience with a grain of salt here. But thinking about what an inter- introvert Kurt or Chris is mm-hmm. having like his BFF there the whole for this kind of insane tour makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can see him really trying to push it. Well, what's really funny is about two or three shows in, she broke her foot. Oh no. So she actually was limited in what she could do after that. So, um, it, a lot of the videos are gone now just for whatever reason because YouTube and copyright and people took them down, whatever. But when it was first coming up and she did that, she would be in some songs one night and then and missing from the other half and then the next night she'd be in other songs. And because she was um, – they basically had restricted her to a certain point because she didn't want to leave the tour. But, mm-hmm. yeah, she did something during a dance number and, and broke something in her foot. Oh, poor girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the other thing about Lauren that I heard... I was going to say, this is not the best tour for the cast. <laughs> With no. Help. Oh, my. Um, the other thing I heard about Lauren in season three is that she was originally going to have a plot line with Kurt, which I'm assuming probably was the presidential election. And um, that got dropped, too. When well, see, and, and when you talk about that, and maybe this is something to be discussed more with the season three episodes, but that suddenly I'm wondering if the whole rigging the election thing um, was supposed to be Lauren and not Rachel. Oh, that's interesting. So, anyway, um, so then we go into um, it's there's all the stuff with this is so weird. All the stuff with Leah Doing her background, Rachel, weird, creepy Rachelness. Um, I'm, I swear to God, is that Ryan Murphy it in is. the background? Yeah. 
That explains why he sounds so much like, uh, kill me now, I don't want to be here. So I thought it was like, is that just like a really underpaid person they had hired no, to go into? that's Ryan him? Murphy. Yeah, that explains it a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah, and he, I, I just thought it was funny that, at a, like, of course, it's, you know, because I know he and Leah Michelle are pretty close, so, um, but it, I don't know. It was, it, hers were really weird. I can't even put my finger on why, but the Rachel stuff in this, you know, the background little interview stuff, just super weird. She's just, I don't know, overdoing it or what, but, um, she sings Don't, um, uh, Don't Rain in My Parade. parade. She, she's excellent at, I think it's funny after coming after, um, I'm a Slave for You and then, um, Harry had a dance number, or no, maybe it was just, he didn't do his yet. No, he's his next, sorry. Um, it's just to hear this Broadway right after these, like, really pop songs, it's so boring. <laughs> Again, I'm like, why did you not like? Yeah, whatever. So, um, and he was the, trying to be too many things. Yeah. Well, and yeah. when we wrap up, I want to mention about that kind of that particular thought. Um, the um, Warblers come up on stage for uh, "Don't Rain on My Parade," so I'm assuming this was originally later on in the set. <laughs> Um, but I'm like, that's so random that they just decided to come out before well, they even heard um, Yeah, um, it is after their set originally, and then um, you'll see. Uh, I was gonna say there's another number where people come out at, and I can't remember what number it is. Mm. Might be Kurtz. Uh, uh, I want to hold your hand. A bunch of the cast comes out and hold holds hands with each other. <laughs> Um, so the next little segment is um, Harry Shum Jr. doing um, the robot, which That's is impressive. so funny. And Kevin McHale and his wig. I don't even know what. Okay, so, that- so I don't know what they were doing, but that's part of the Kurt one I was telling you about. So there's Kevin in the wig and there's Kurt Kurt slash Chris behind him staring into the mirror and it's just it's so funny whatever our like he's saying is like Kurt's getting annoyed and you can tell just by the back of his head and it's so funny um then they do pretty young thing which is again just kind of like the show in my opinion um they get into the first time because oh gosh what's it 40 minutes in before they mention Kurt and I was, like, so excited when they finally mentioned him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, they start up the, the Trenton segment. And the Trenton segment is uh, this kid who is, like, a Ryan Murphy mini-me. I mean, he even wears that hat like Ryan Murphy does. It, it only it's not yellow. And um, he basically wrote all of his um, love fantasies in a notebook. And, and unfortunately um, had his... Um, not really friend, uh, share it with uh, the rest of the school, and he ended up having to transfer. Which, that is so awful. I mean, that is utterly traumatizing. It was, and I, I'm, you know, this, whereas the red-headed girl was a bit more entertaining, this one was really the most, like... Horrifying. Horrifying, and, like, in the midst of all of this, like, crazy cartoony concert, just this really serious, it's it was it's, I don't know plotline isn't really it's not plot somebody's life but it was kind of like wow this is just and but the fact that this kid had the guts to like really talk about it you know in front of a camera too mm-hmm. 
it's kind of crazy. And I, I there's not very there's only like two segments with him that like I said, um, like we mentioned, the cheerleader gets the most coverage. Um, but yeah, it always kind of took me like okay, take a step back and like you know. And the point of all of these little fan segment things is to show how Glee. Um, inspired these people? I don't think that was very successful because... (laughs) No, but no offense, but like the girl who was obsessed with Britney, you would actually see like, yes, and she actually talked about, this is how the show helped me. She kind of outlined it and you saw her kind of being, I guess, in fandom. Whereas Mm -hmm. Trenton was like, if Glee had existed when I was younger, it would have really helped and now I'm older and I'm in a better place and I like it. So it didn't really affect his life. And the cheerleader well, I mean, like threw away a line at the end of it. It's like, oh, Glee helps me see other people, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, your storyline had absolutely nothing to do with the show other than this throwaway line, and you referring to your coach as Sue Sylvester. Like, well, and the coach didn't even seem like a... I mean, she was blonde. Yeah, and that was it. She, nice. she, like, she brought her flowers because she made the... the prom princess list. Prom yeah. court. So aside yeah. from the, the mega Britney fan... I didn't see how Glee really actually helped these people. Like, yes, they were fans who enjoyed it, and it might have helped them a little, but it didn't really focus on that aspect other than... The, I really wish I could remember that girl's name who was really obsessed. I know! I feel, I feel terrible really bad. Now and I don't want to look it up. Is <laughs> that worse than that sounds? But, like, she was the only one who actually showed... This is how the show helped me. Here's me enjoying the show with my friends. Because at the time, you know, Glee was a phenomenon. And yes, it was also something that got mocked, but a lot, I guess, less than it did towards the end of the series. Yep, so it, yep. It was okay to be into Glee at that time. and mm-hmm. But she was the one who, like, her, they could have done a lot more with her. And just showed, like, this is actually how the show is helping people and I'm assuming they just grabbed people who were at the tour. I don't know if they went around or what. I actually know um, those three people that was, um, they were, I'll use the word cast for lack of a better terminology. Well, they have to be because they, they shot at least at her, like the other two, like the boy wasn't at anything at all. They really were just like in a room, but the, mm-hmm. and the redhead woman um, she, they were at her house, but the cheerleader, they went to her school. Yeah. And she had to have been cast. So they were all, I mean, quote unquote cast, or they, I'm not sure when they put out exactly what they were wanting for the movie, but, um, like, I don't know who wrote it. There was a, I don't want to say script exactly, but. You know, and then um, it was uh, directed by Kenny Ortega, who everybody will know because he did all the high school musical movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, but this just is not a good reflection of his talents. No, it's not. And even the little segments with the fans, um, where they, like, they're scre- they basically are always just asked who do they, you know, who is their favorite character. And it's not necessarily like, oh, you know, I really like Kurt because I can relate to him. And he, it's like, I like Puck because he's hot. Yeah, there's a lot of I like Mm -hmm. this person because they're hot. Yeah, I think the best part of the just the general 
fan interactions for me is when they're doing Born This Way and they're cutting to all the people and all their different shirts and talking about why they have this on their shirts and everything. And my favorite one is the girl who's got the unlucky T-shirt and they're waiting for her to get there because she got into a car accident and she's the one who has their tickets. That was pretty funny. I lose I it every time I see that. So funny. <laughs> At the same time, I do see a lot of, there were a lot of girls that have, like, boys' shirts on. And it yeah. reminds me of that whole controversy of, of you know, are should the girls be wearing those shirts? What do they, you know, that kind of thing. And when Diana wore her, like, girl shirts and there was a whole bunch of hoopla over that. Oh, yeah, people thought that that meant she was coming out. So Okay, I looked it up. The girl's name was Josie. Josie! Josie! I had to actually look it up because it was bothering me and I felt really bad. Oh, Josie, we love you if you're still out there. I'm sorry I interrupted Um, you, but I had to look it up because it was bothering me. No, that's okay. It's okay. Um, Going on, uh, um, we have Mercedes Solo Ain't No Way, and this is a good time to mention um, that Darren would come out and listen to it every night. There's actually video of him, or there was at the time, somebody had, who was sitting near where they would poke their heads out, because it wasn't just him, it was him and at least half the Warbler boys would go out there, and at one point there is video of, of them bowing down to her, in uh, uh, like in the wings, you can see them, where they're like bowing down to her when she, cause she's singing so well. Um, and then she is gorgeous. Uh it is. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous solo. Um, the thing that uh, I wanted to mention, though, is what I mentioned before we started the podcast was that when I was watching um, some of the old interviews around that time when they did a bunch of press for the movie, and um, where Darren's like, "Yeah, I went out every night, watched Amber and Ashley Fink." It's like I went out and watched Single Ladies forty-four times. She's <laughs> just—I love her so much, though. Oh, oh, honey. Um, <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it, I, I it, it's cut from the movie probably because of legal rights because it was Beyonce singing and not Chris. But um, there's about six million versions of it online. If you haven't seen Chris Cole for Shake His Hips, holy frickin' moly! I'm like, I, I recommend the the uh, fi- finale one where he's wearing the warbler tie. That one's especially delicious. Um, there's a couple from early on that had some really good camera angles. And if you want to be sufficiently creeped out and laugh your ass off, uh, I think it's still up there. There's an there's one that's an angle from behind. Oh God! <laughs> so it's predominantly butts of everyone, which is quite nice, but you can see the immediate crowd right in front of the little stage that he's on, and this is one of the first shows they did, so you can see Ryan Murphy, and I I think it's Brad, uh, Ryan and Brad, and somebody else are standing right in front of the stage watching, and um, let's just say it's worth it just to watch them react to him dancing, because it's kind of pervy <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah we had a lot of fun with that video oh boy well i was kind of just amazed because you have heather who's a trained professional dancer in the background and jenna who's got dance experience and all of these other dancers and 
Chris is the one shaking his hips the most. I was like, holy frig moly, that's just like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I was think not he said at one point he, like, dislocated his hips. Now, yeah. I don't know if he really meant that literally, but maybe he just felt like it because he'd done that so much. Oh, well, he's the king of hyperboles, so. Yeah. But, um, going on, we have Corey singing, uh, or I just keep interchanging, the, I don't even know what name to actually use, but um, uh, singing Jesse's Girl, which was a good choice for him. Mm-hmm. Um, solos are not always the best, but that one works. That, that's always uh, one of the good ones for him. Naya doing Valerie, and this is where I say Naya, I, I, just to me, looked like she was having the most fun. Like, everybody else had varying levels, and I'll talk about Cord and Diana in a second when we get to their duet, but um, Naya just looked like she was having the best time all the time, which was kind of cool. Yeah, the uh, Valerie, she looks like she's having fun, and when they do River Deep Mountain High, her and, uh, oh, oh my gosh, Amber are just, like, tearing it up. Like, they are so into it, you can just tell. Um, and this is where I write. I the, uh, fun fact that I'm sure everybody knows uh, that Chris Colfer wrote a lot of his first novel. Or uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's just just the first novel because I think the screenplay for Start by Lightning had been written. By it this had point. been written already. If if he was doing anything for that, it was phone calls and pre-production that he could do from wherever city they were in. But he said he wrote a lot of The Wishing Spell while on tour. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense, and and I, I I'm sure he wasn't well maybe literally doing it, but on um, the tour itself. But I noticed there's so much time between when characters have to come out. There aren't very many people that are needed out out on the stage mm-hmm. a lot, so you have a lot of downtime. And um, it really just depends because he's it, in the original show order. He's in one, two, three. He's in the first three songs. And then we don't see him for two songs. And then he has his solo. And then two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are seven songs before he has to go out on stage again. Yeah, that's a lot of time. Yeah, I actually noticed when they were doing um, Forget You that he was like sitting off to the side, came out, did his shoulder shimmy. Dance around for a bit and then went right back to the side of the stage. He wasn't. He didn't even. Wasn't even sitting with the rest of the cast that were in the Glee Club. Wrong. No, because originally, yeah. At that point, he hadn't. Um, uh, in all the other shows, he wasn't on stage yet. Um, they they would do um River Deep Mountain High, and then when that ended, then then they do the the skit, and he wouldn't come back on stage until the skit happened. So he, he, cause he, let's see. So he was off stage for seven songs and then he did Happy Days, um, Get Happy with Leah, with, you know, Leah, Rachel, whatever. Um, and, and that was down on the little stage. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then when they were doing the other duets, uh, he would be backstage until it was time to come up for the skit. So um, when they threw Forget You in there from the movie and then for that one show in Ireland, um, it might have been two shows on one day that they did that. It's a little unclear. I don't remember. Uh, They had to work that in, so he had to remember to come out earlier. 
I don't know if they were going for that whole he was a Dalton thing, even though he wasn't in the Warbler set, which I was kind of bummed about, but well, I was whatever. too. I was so sad I, he didn't, like, sneak out a blazer and go out and, like, at least sidestep. At least for number. silly love songs. Yeah, for the number he was in. I was really sad he didn't just, like, pop he was, up. Um, they did two numbers that he had been in. He was in yeah. Silly Love Songs, and he was in Raise Your Glass. Yeah. At the same time, I, I kind of understand it, only in that the Warblers were kind of its own entity at that time. That's true. And so they, they, even though, uh, yeah, I would have loved to see more, more Chris on stage, but, um, uh, yeah, going into it, like, well, uh, first of all, they did firework. And at this point, I'm annoyed because Rachel has another solo and we haven't had any Kurt or Blaine, really. Um, <laughs> but, um, we get into the Warblers set and, um, oh yeah, first of all, it's, uh, um, it's, um, it's the little mini Warbler. Well, no, I was going to say, for, before the mini warbler, um, oh. I wanted to say they did the Darren interviews, and oh. Darren's acting like Darren, but and in Darren clothes, but with Please Blaine hair. With Blaine hair, which is, yeah. It's so weird. Um, and there's one fan that says, my favorite character is Blaine, period. <laughs> and um, the only time Clayne is mentioned, it's kind of funny, Well, and I kind of want to get to more of this when we talk a little bit more about kind of... Um, one of my later comments talks about how where this is in kind of society as a whole, but um, is that the only mention of there are these two guys and they're like my favorite, you it's know, Kurt. Uh, Kurt. no blame, no blame, blame, yeah, this, that. And and as funny as it is on its own, part of me is like this is such an embodiment of the awful, awful like better boyfriend Olympic. Kurt versus Blaine crap that I'm just so sensitive to it that I'm like, okay, no, stop, stop, we're not doing this. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> so, and, and that's really sad. That's the only kind of claim mention that we get from the fandom stuff. A lot of fandom stuff is just mentioned, again, as we talked about, you know, my favorite character is hot or, you know, these very um, focused in on these three uh, people and their lives. So. Um, and then, yes, we get the mini warbler. And I do remember him because he was such a big thing. He uh, hit fandom, like, several months before the concert tour. And, of course, we lost our shit because he's the cutest little thing you've ever seen in a blazer. His grandmother so made that for him, don't you know? And we had no idea that they were going to, you know, put him in the movie. Oh, okay. So he and nobody actually knew that that was going to happen. From what, uh, I mean, you know, with the super fan stuff and some other things, like we had heard rumors that this is how it was going to be. People who had been to the filming had told some stories, you know, but no one knew that Minnie Warbler was going to be in the movie and it was really adorable. And there's actually, um, there's a, I guess I'll call it a trailer, a trailer for the, I can't remember if it was for, I think it was for the movie, but it could have been for the concert where uh, Blaine and the mini warbler have this little cute exchange in one of the McKinley classrooms. Hmm. I can't remember. I'll have to try to find it, but I just remember thinking it was absolutely adorable. Mm. 
He was, though. He was really cute. Yeah, he, uh, they, well, his family brought him to the premiere, and he got to walk the carpet, and there's some really adorable pictures of him and Darren. Yeah, I've seen those, and they're just, ugh, my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the thing is, like we were talking about, the red-headed girl, um, is that you can see also this kid was influenced by Glee and very much his life. I mean, who knows what will happen when he gets actually older to know what he's doing, but... here, where Glee itself was actually incorporated in the kid's life more more than just a throwaway line. Yes. I mean, his grandmother made him a Dalton blazer, and he learned the dancing. He did. They showed that. I was kind of like, whoa, and I didn't realize he knew, like, the dance moves to uh-huh. the song. Yeah, he, he knows uh, that there's two videos that I've seen. He knows, um, he knew Teenage Dream, and he knew uh, Raise Your Glass, and the one for Raise Your Glass is adorable, because when, um, you know how Blaine jumps in and out of the warblers on stage, he Mm -hmm. hides behind his couch and then jumps out, and it's the cutest thing you've ever seen in your whole life. I highly request Link. Yeah. I know that one of them, I think the Teenage Dream is in the credits, or part of it is in the credits. Yeah, it is. the movie. It is. They actually, it's in, um, when they go to the Warbler set in the movie, it starts out with, um, he's like outside, he's like, hi Blaine, I'm the mini Warbler. And then it's the footage that his parents put on YouTube of him doing Teenage Dream, and then it cuts to them actually doing Teenage Dream on set. I don't know ever. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I was surprised that Teenage Dream was in there, and I I think just because I knew Raise Your Glass was, and I thought they had only did. I, I thought there was only one number. I didn't realize there was three, and um, I was like, oh. But here's here's where I wax poetic about Darren's live performance skills. Um, <laughs> and his name for everyone because I didn't know his name is Kellen Sir Sir. I'm going to mangle this. Sarmiento. Kellen Sarmiento. Oh, the little boy. Not the little boy. Yes. The little boy. Okay. Um, Darren has this ability to just come alive on stage. And, and I think that he just thrives on the kind of feedback that he gets from it. And he's able to play with the crowd and work with it. And seeing him live was, was just kind of amazing. But to see through this movie, the kind it, it just minimally in a way captures the way he performs, you have to just really be there to, to to really get the full understanding of it. But it does come through here, and he is a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more, um, uh, what's the word? Um, it's just he's having an easier time with uh, than just about everybody else. Yeah, um, well, and one of my, oh, my God, every time it, it goes to that moment, I just, like, damn it, Darren, because... Um, when he's singing silly love songs and he's moving towards where he's going to start leading them off into the crowd, he winks at the camera like that asshole. (laughs) You know what you're doing. Oh, he does. I'm just saying. And, and I was watching again, one of the interviews and prep for this and he's, he, something I noticed and I didn't really, it didn't really occur to me until after he went on tour and after he did Hedwig and whatnot, but um, he brings up the fact that whenever he goes on stage, he, he likes it more than being in front of a camera, in front of, mm-hmm. you know, 
he likes that, you know, in, in, in that way, he, he and Chris are like completely opposites because Chris is just the, like, get me away from this crowd. Um, but it, it's just, you know, amazing. And I'm glad that you know, this is one segment that I could just sit and actually really watch because he is so interactive with well, you know, the fans, with camera with everything he is and he's very it's so interesting because he's very aware of where everything is at one time which is such a a hard thing to do especially in an environment that that where you have so many variables you can't account for because you don't know what people are going to do and i remember at one point i don't remember where they were they might have been in europe there was one point when they were going um from the little stage to the big stage and he you know he leads them up there so he's running up onto the main stage and he slipped and he fell and he landed on his back and let me tell you that man didn't even miss a beat he is still singing still holding his microphone i'm going now if that had been me you'd have been calling 911 because he hit hard. I mean, I thought he was i thought he hurt himself and then he got up and did raise your glass like it was nobody's business mm-hmm. Darren. I know. Yeah. Well, when they were doing that, I was just like, part of me was like, man, Darren, it's a good thing you like Katy Perry because you're going to be singing Teenage Dream for the rest of your life. But then I was like, wait, no, nobody even thinks about it as a Katy Perry song anymore. It is quintessentially forever and always going to be Blaine's song. And yeah. He, it's going to be that song that was on Glee. And he's good at it. And he just did it at Elsie. And I was watching the video. I'm like, I know. I was like, oh, I was so like, ah, oh, Darren. <laughs> it's not even, yeah, it's not even Blaine's. I mean, no, when I, when now. I, yeah. it's his. Like, when, when, when I heard the Listen Up to her, and he changed it to his own arrangement. And he would change mm-hmm. it every night, too. And it's just. Um, side note, this is totally, totally off tangent. You know what my favorite thing was when he did Teenage Dream um, for the Listen Up Tour? Mm. He would play with the crowd. He knows that the crowd is waiting for it. So he would sit at the piano, and he would just do little runs on the piano, like plunking out random rhythms and, and little things. And then he would come, and he would bring it all the way down, and he'd hit those notes. And everybody would just go crazy because they knew what he was, he, what song that was by that chord. Yeah. And, but it, he it, likes it, to play with the audience because he, he knows he knows what him. they'll do. Yeah, when you when you see some of the videos and you watch his face when he's doing that, and he's just kind of like relaxed and he's just waiting for waiting for listening to the crowd, waiting for the moment to to bring in that chord. Uh-huh. It's just amazing. So there we go. We get my waxing poetic for Darren for <laughs> an hour <laughs> and his live performance skills. <sighs> Um, moving on to um, to uh, the Happy Days segment, um, I was disappointed in this because it really? showed Leah the whole time. Oh, a Ryan well. Murphy production, focus on Leah Michelle. No, never. No. Never um, happens. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to tell you, okay. I totally forgot about this. This is now. I wonder if it's still online or not. So there's a couple of things. Um, that number was actually really good. The idea behind the number is that they're sitting on these stools and they're sort of facing opposite each other. And as they sing, they spin around. And poor Chris kept getting the stool and it would not spin. There are multiple shows where he had to, like, force it to turn. And I remember there was one show 
for whatever reason, he was doing something with the, the guys on the soundboard right in front of them. And he actually walked over and um, towards the end of the song, they sort of, he does that thing with his hip on the beat. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. One of the sound guys put a dollar in his pocket like he's a stripper or something, and he <laughs> lost it. I don't know if that video is still out there, but it was absolutely hysterical. And he pulled it out, and he's like waving it around, and I'm just like, Aww. lost it. Oh, that, I forgot about that till just now. But those that stool was like the bane of his existence for the entire tour because it never spun the way it was supposed to. Aww. Um, so, and then we get, oh gosh, a flash mob, which, which number was that? Safety dance? Safety dance, they did safety dance. And then they did, um... That is also one of those songs, uh, safety dance is one of those songs that's better in concert. Oh yeah, I'm sure. All of these seem to be, I'm guessing all of these were better in concert. But, um, then they did Lucky, and here's where I make two observations, and this will be where we get into the chord stuff. But first of all, Diana looks bored during this whole thing. She just, the whole, when I first, like, everybody in Don't Stop Believing is kind of, you know, trying to get into it. They're a little nervous, but it's the first, you know. And Diana's just like, yeah, whatever, okay, I'm here. The whole time, she's kind of like that. A little bit towards the end, she gets a little bit more into it. And I don't know if that's just the day or if that was just... I'm trying uh, to remember. She may or may not have been getting sick. That could have been it. They, there was a period of time when everyone had some death flu thing. It was... Um, to my knowledge, uh, Leah, Corey, Chris, Darren, uh, Kevin, and um, Harry were like not really like if they got sick, it was it wasn't anything that put them down for too long. But mm-hmm. Naya was so sick she missed a couple shows. Diana was sick she missed a couple of shows. Um, Cord was sick that he missed half of a show. Um, Oh, of course, Lauren had her broken, or uh, Ashley had her broken foot. It was just, um, it was a mess. I actually read this. I didn't know about this at the time. There was a there was a show, or at least half a show, where Diana was missing, and no one knew where she was, and no one knew why she wasn't there. Like, nobody had said anything. Like, is she sick? What's happened? Well, we didn't find out until way after the fact. Um, it must have been somewhere she was abroad or whatever. <laughs> she couldn't get into the country. Oh. <laughs> there was a problem with her passport. They wouldn't let her in. Oh. <laughs> I don't... Um, yeah. Then, uh, well, the stuff with cord. I think we can talk about the stuff with cord. <laughs> about why would you do this? Okay, during um, the time, uh, people that were working negotiations with their contracts were Darren and Harry and Cord and and Derry Derry. Uh, You're one person now. <laughs> Darren and Harry uh, were able to work it out, but Cord was not. But the fact that they, in the middle of this tour, decided to announce that whatever happened with his contract, that it wasn't working out and he wasn't coming back, or whatever the mm-hmm. what. Um, why would you not wait until the, you know, why would you announce that in the middle of the tour? I, it was, uh, it's so weird. Okay, so it was 
towards the end of the tour, and the tour went from the middle of, uh, well, towards the end of May until the first weekend in July. So if you think about it logistically, they start filming in the mid to end of July. So contract negotiations would end probably right before they, a little bit before they start filming because they have to write the scripts. They have to know who's going to be in what episodes and what's going on. So I understand that they came to that agreement. I don't know why it was chosen to reveal that information before they'd even shot the movie. Well, there's definitely in the movie, um, nobody, nobody says anything about Sam and he's barely featured. So I'm guessing it was already a thing that he wasn't going to be in season three because, I mean, even there may be one or two that said Quinn is her favorite or she's focused on a little bit more, but Cord isn't in anything. He's not even Mm -hmm. behind the scenes that much. There's a couple actors that just aren't in the behind the scenes unless they're in the deleted scenes which I haven't seen so. um I don't think Ashley did any behind the scenes uh, and uh like just in the person in the movie like there's no Jenna there's no Ashley there's no Diana yeah. there's no Court, and I don't even really see much of Corey that's true, too, now that I think of it. Corey's not in it very much. Which is, like, really, really sad when you look back on it. Because, like, yeah. they're all there and they're in character, but they're still having fun. They're all together. And then I'm like, oh, you poor babies. You have a world of hurt ahead of you. Mm. And, mm. and I feel really, really bad. And I just kind of want to hug them. Um, yeah. Well, going from that, uh, is River Deep Mountain High, um, which they did a really good job with. And then, and as we talked about, Gwyneth Paltrow coming out, and I—I I don't know why. I kind of—I love the song. I just kind of rolled my eyes that for the movie, they're like, "Let's get Gwyneth Paltrow back." And well, like, at the time, though, I mean, if you think about it, at the time, we weren't really—we were a little tired of her, but not that tired. And she was a large name to draw people into the theaters. Well, Gwyneth Paltrow's in it, and she's going to sing and dance. You know, and I just, and she wanted to do it, which, I mean, okay, sure. Plus the song, you know? like the original version of the song probably was doing fairly well at that time, so they probably yes. wanted to cash yes. in on it. Yeah. Right. yeah. So. And it might have been uh, impossible for them to get Matt Morrison to actually, you know, agree to tour because he's not in it at all. No, the <laughs> only time he, um, actually the only time that he shows up in person, um, was for the filming of the movie, and he's only at the beginning. It's not something that was filmed in the movie. And um, I think he was there. I'm pretty sure he was. Um, and then Jane Lynch showed up in person also, but she was cut from the movie, although I think she might be a deleted scene. She is, and I'll get to those, because I did watch those, and I'll get to those when we wrap up the this part of it. Um, then um, uh, after the Gwyneth Paltrow stuff, we get, um, I want to hold your hand. And, oh, Chris, um, he's got this vibrato. He is so nervous. That poor kid. Just absolutely. 
Like, there's no Leah to help him. There's, there's no prop. It's just It's him. just him. And I think and, that was really hard for him because, I mean, you know how he is. And he has said in interviews that, especially when, it, you know, they asked him, well, what, how, you know, what was the concert like? And how, and how was it like to be Kurt on stage? And then they're like, he, and he always emphatically said he was Kurt from the moment the curtain went up until the curtain went down at the end. He was never... Chris in any of those moments because they were like well how much of that was you and how much of that's Kurt he's like it's all Kurt he goes otherwise I couldn't do it and and it's it's, um it's something I wanted to bring up here because um you you kind of can it's all of the rest of the actors kind of have fun with their uh, you know caricatures of their characters or of themselves or don't get the memo Darren and um and Chris is, it's so Kurt, there's no Chris. And I, I don't know, maybe just because, you know, you've seen enough interviews with the kid or you see him enough times in person and I probably need a restraining order. Um, <laughs> you get to see what he's like in person and it, it's so very much Kurt the whole time. And even in the background, you can see he's doing Kurt moves during the dancing the, in the big numbers. There's no, really no Chris here. This is actually the... Um, closest uh when he's talking to the kids it's really cute it reminded me of the land of stories tour a little bit when he's like hi there hi you know talking to the little kids and but um yeah he's so nervous during this um but he yeah, does well and that's a hard song yeah um that's a hard song just for anyone to do you know let alone him and then he's out there by himself and yeah the cast does eventually come out towards the end but they're only out for like i don't know 30 seconds of the song. Mm. Well, and then um, that in, one of the interviews, again, I was watching, um, like, they, the somebody says, how nervous were you? And he was in an interview with Jenna and Leah and Amber, and the three yeah. girls were like, yeah, whatever. And he was like, I was scared shitless. You know, like, he looks... Yeah. You know. <laughs> Poor kid. Yeah, well, he it's, he only turned 21 during this tour. So you oh, have to, did. like, feel really bad for him because like th- this is the second tour but like this is so so much bigger and he they actually like, uh they performed on his birthday yeah and everybody I of that everybody gave him birthday spankings on stage did they really well uh, um i know that amber did because it's okay so it's one of the things that we'll talk we can talk more about in the deleted scenes but during um dog days are over uh, when they run around her in a circle, uh, they were all slapping him on the butt. <laughs> I love it. I know. I wonder how much he got trashed on this. I'm, I'm sure all of them did at some point. Well, but... he was legally allowed to drink. And I'm pretty sure that his theory about how he's seventh in line for the throne to uh, for the throne of England came out of the tour because they all got really drunk one night in London. That's funny. Well, we'll save the, the that for for a minute. Um, just kind of wrapping up though, they do uh, the born this way, which is kind of what um, uh, the the whole documentary part is supposed to go into. That I was born this way, and I'm proud of myself, and this is what Glee is. And and here's kind of my overall kind of critique, since this is kind of wrapping up the main part of it. Um, is that 
you know, I think as a concert it worked as, as something that you would go and see and experience. I think it would have been really awesome. Obviously, I didn't even know what was going on at the time. Um, but for those people that went, I'm, I'm pretty sure they had a lot of, you know, awesome experiences. But I as It was fun. See, there you go. Um, but as it's just a viewer watching these performances on TV, it does it loses something in translation. Um, and at the same time, uh, in a very different thing is this documentary about what glee means to people or what it is, you know. They could have done a full-fledged documentary about the fans. And, you know, they've done one for Trekkies and they've done one for Lord of the Rings. And, you know, and it's, it can be some really, really interesting things about how these fandoms operate and how, you know, the world is affected by this particular piece of work. And they don't go all the way. They kind of take these kids but don't really develop the stories. It's just kind of you know, really short segments, even if, you know, the the boys is really heartfelt and moving and kind of sad, and the redheaded girl is um, really kind of, I guess, uh, you know, is entertaining and kind of funny. Uh, like, again, the cheerleader, as much as I'm, I think she's awesome, it was very boring to me, but um, it, it just didn't develop the way it really could have. So meshing these two together was such a odd juxtaposition that it uh, to me it didn't really work yeah i think it would have been better if it was just the concert on film in order with like the skins and everything and just had all that fan interaction stuff as deleted scenes or as something at the end or just not mushed in together because it doesn't work trying to put the two together and no it doesn't and and so many people especially those I remember, because there was a big chunk of the country where they did not go, specifically uh, south, south, <laughs> south and southeast. Um, they didn't really go there. And so there were people who were like, well, there's no way they're ever going to get to see it. Well, oh, my God, they're going to do the movie. We'll get to see it in the movie. And then that's what they came out with. And it's like, that's not what we wanted to see. The movie would have done so much better if it had been less a documentary and more of this is the concert let's make it like you were there here mm. you go the other criticism i actually have of the concert aspect of it and keep in mind this is me being very very picky and the fact that if i went to the concert i'd probably just enjoy it just fine but as a viewer it was a recap of season two they staged things like season two like, the choir room was in a few scenes, and, you yes. know, Kurt and, and Rachel singing, you know, um, Get Happy on those stools. It was, you know, they did the same kind of warbler stuff. In the war it was the same season two, season two stuff, and since I've seen all of that so many times, I feel like I just watched a recap for season two. There now, wasn't having said that, though, that's exactly how the first tour was, too. It was a, quote-unquote, recap of season one. So that I I wish they had done something a little more original. Um, I'm I'm sure they couldn't. I mean, they were putting this together like on the fly, and they of course they only had rights to so many songs and whatnot. But just this is me. I mean, like, and in the moment you don't really notice it. I think you know at the end of season two you want to like you you want to hear those songs again. You want to experience those moments again. But coming years later, I'm looking at it and it just doesn't hold up. So. That's my opinion, anyway. I kind of wonder why they chose some of the songs they did. Like, I know they basically uh, did stick to season two, but it's just like, did the cast have any input? Like, I really want to do this if we're going to do this, or well, was it like, you're um, singing this and suck it up. 
Yeah, um, let me look at the list of songs real quick because I want to make sure. Like some um, were given, like you knew they were going to do "Don't Stop Believing" and that right. kind of thing, and and then they uh, wanted to showcase all of the characters at least once, so that's why you know certain things were done. Right. So, um, "Dog Days Were Over" are over was done, I think, because that was a well-received song. "Sing," I think, was. Um, See, and I don't think that's one of their... I don't think it's one of their better songs, but I think it's one a more well-known song. Oh. Um, and it really kind of embraced the whole Glee thing, you know. And then you have the solos, and basically it's everybody's big solo. I mean, you have the Britney solo, the Puck solo, Kurt solo, Mercedes solo. You have... Kevin's solo, basically, even though, I mean, Mike dances with him, but it's a solo. And then you have Born This Way, which is one of their big numbers. And then you have Firework, which was a really, I mean, that was a big song for Katy Perry. And then the Warblers, of course, they did their three big songs. Um, Bethany, I want to ask you, just because, like me, you and I... I just came into this the first time and watched it. And what after you got done watching it that first time, because you've never seen it before. No, I have you... seen it before. I just oh, rewatched it, but it's been years since oh. I've seen it. So, okay. like, just continue asking me your question. I'm, my, I'm. Oh, I just wondered what you were, your reaction was after, because uh, I'm so you know vocal myself about my opinions. I just kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about yours and how you felt, like even coming back to it after not seeing it for a while and just sitting through I, the whole. Well, I watched it and I'm just like, oh god, I forgot how terrible this was because i'm just like I, i'm so glad that you know no offense i didn't pay for it but um sorry i didn't i'm gonna admit it get mad at me if you want i I, oh. I have a version that i've paid for and a version that i didn't i will admit that too if i paid for it very cheaply because i got it from my work and i get a discount and that's so. why i haven't seen the deleted scenes or anything like that but i was just like yeah but like basically what i said earlier i would have rather have just watched the concert in the order it was with the skits and stuff like that like i i was okay with them talking to people about their favorite characters outside the concert like that was nice and like showing them during the born this way sequence like that was nice and just having those fans as an extra feature i, I didn't need it in the movie that would have been so much better i just like, wanted to watch the concert as it was with uh-huh. like, and even the behind the scenes i would have liked to have that in there like that was not an issue for me I just wanted the concert. I don't care. No, no offense to the fans. They were all lovely, but I didn't care. I didn't care about them at all. That was and pretty much the fandom skipped. sentiment at the time, too, which is, not you know, no offense to the, the, the super fans. They all seem like they're really great people. I respect all of the hardships and things that they've gone through, and I wish them, you know, all the best and happy lives and I hope they never have anything else ever horrible ever happen again but I just you know I don't need it I don't yeah yeah, I don't care (laughs) that's what I was was going there for Lisa that's what I was going to ask you um how because you were there during the time what was fandom's reaction to this movie we did not we were not happy Oh, good. I feel better now. No, you're not the only one who is not. I mean, there were, there were once, because when they were going to film the movie, um, like, we knew they were filming the concert, but we didn't know everything about it. And as it got closer and closer to actually coming out, and we got some spoilers about how it was going to be and, and, like, what they had done, and we're like, why? 
Yeah. Well, what I kind of think is that um, is that they were try- I kind of see this now as a, a, a time capsule almost. It is an encapsulment of what the phenomenon was back in that summer. Um, and that's all it really is. It's like propaganda for the show. I mean, basically. Yeah. It, and it, 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 didn't, it didn't raise above that. It's just, it felt more like branding, like another thing to mass produce to people. No. Yeah. Uh, which I, I will say, admit like, that when I rewatched it, as much as, like, they did so many different versions of it, when they first came out and started saying, don't stop believing, like, I got a little misty-eyed. and like, oh, God, I miss this show so much. <laughs> and then I was just like, yeah, no, I'm done with this. But, like, when they first came out and they did the little introductions and they started singing, and I'm just like, oh, God, even though it's, like, basically just a Finchel duet and I don't care about them at all, I miss my show. I miss my glee. And yeah. then and um, I just got into disappointment. But at the first little part, I was just like, Oh, my heart. I miss you. Come back. And then I was done. I was done feeling that afterwards. But yeah. yeah. The very first little bit, you, it's just like a little tiny pang for it's that nostalgia feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the thing that I wanted to end the actual movie discussion part about is the... Uh, it ends on Loser Like Me. And so the thing that we haven't talked about is the 3D aspect of it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is no reason for this movie to be 3D. There, it, it only and and okay. And you're talking to someone because I am ridiculous. I went to the movie theater and I dragged one of my friends and. We paid the thirteen ninety five to watch it in three D. Oh god. And all that that did was make the ends of the microphones stick out more and the scene where they throw the confetti came out at you. That's it. Then why why would you waste the film to shoot it in three D? I don't know. And well in like- one of the things they filmed and we can talk about more when we talk about the skits, but in, in the skit for this, um Kurt kicks. And when he kicks, the reason why he kicks out like that is because it was gonna be in three D so they wanted his foot to be coming out. That it's so and then, well, and then of course and they it, cut it. So I mean, it was the height of. Th- I mean, 3D has kind of died down since that. Yeah, time. it was. It was the it. thing. Everything was in 3D then. It's just everything. Every time, you know, and I, I've watched a lot of the interviews from this time period because I'm crazy, and uh, every interview is like, "So Glee concert 3D," and the cast you can just see they're tired of that phrase. Let me <laughs> let me tell you about tired. So they had, and, and, and we can kind of come back to this if you want, but they had the premiere. And from the premiere, that night, until God knows when, the next day, it was literally them and a slew of reporters. Yep. And nonstop media. For I don't even know how long this went on for, but they're, they're all wearing these like same outfits. And it's just nothing but media, 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 media. And, um... If oh gosh, I'm I don't know if anybody else has seen it, but if you've ever seen the movie America's Sweethearts? Yeah, and there's the scene where they're doing all the media interviews, and it's like you got five minutes, and it's like just a rotating wall of reporters, 
Well, that happens with every movie. Well, though. it does, but you could just tell that by, like halfway through it, they were so over it. Yeah, but I think my there. I have two favorite interviews from that, and one of them has to do with I don't know where they were, but somebody came over the loudspeaker, and Darren looks up and goes, "Yes, God." <laughs> I, I did see that one. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what time it is, but woo! And uh, my other favorite one is is uh, the one that Darren does with Mark and Ashley. And it's like a, like a live chat Q&A thing. And they talk about how he kissed Chris. And there's this whole like two minutes of them ribbing him hardcore for it. Wasn't there one where she's like, are, are you trying to take away my man or something that's like that? That's the one. Just, yeah, yeah, that's that one. Yeah. So. Um, the the extras on this, I didn't watch all of them. There are some elongated performances that I, I'm like, I'm not going to watch this again. Okay. Um, there were some cut things. Um, why Dog Days Are Over was cut, I, I don't know. Maybe they ran out of the fan material to go with. my favorite Tina songs. I think she and Mercedes sound awesome on that. Like, I've never, not seen the concert first, but... And, and I don't I'm know. Maybe they just that. felt like it It didn't work with what they were trying to do or something. I don't know, but I, I loved that performance. And, in fact, it's one of my favorite moments to watch Kurt because he wasn't in the song when they originally performed it on the show. Oh right, right. And in fact, I think um it's it's one of the times that we see Chris as Kurt acting really Kurt like or maybe even a little Chris because when he sits down at the end of the stage, I am he's uh making birds with his hands. Mm. He's making birds with his hands. Oh boy. Um and then there is um this was a little gem that I had never heard of before, and I had never seen. And if you, if it's online, I really think people should check it out because I think it's so cool. Um, it is the boys, including Darren, singing Friday, an acoustic version of Friday, Rebecca Black's oh, Friday. Oh yes! Oh, so cool! They only did so that perfect. for like two weeks. It's really pretty awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, we, you should really try it. I, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but... Um, I think it's, it is, because a lot of the deleted stuff is on YouTube. And that's where I'm kind of like, they could have done some really unique things with this concert um, and make these songs kind of different and in their own, but they kind of didn't. Um, yeah, so. Um, so the original concept behind this was, this is all during the encore. So it, the encore originally for the concerts was single ladies, which, you know, Kurt and, and um, Tina and, uh, oh my God, Brittany, and, and the other dancers do that. And then, um, and, and it's so funny because in some of the single ladies videos, you can hear, uh Darren and the other boys come on stage and tell Kurt how good how good he was or something like that. And then um, it would cut to them and they do Friday and they do it acoustic, and then they do safety dance and then they would do Empire State of Mind and Somebody to Love. Mm. So um, something funky happened with Rebecca Black and her recording label and the rights to Friday right after the tour started and they cut it. After like two weeks. But it's weirdly on the DVD as an extra. I have no idea why. And yet, yeah, and yet Single Ladies is not. It's kind of weird. It's um, so then, 
the um, some of the extra uh, extra stuff before we get to the claim thing. Um, they do have Jane Lynch's intro as Sue, which I, I fast forward through. I, at first, it was like, oh, it's Sue, and then I'm like, I've heard this so many times, I'm done. It's just like, her insulting the crowd, and it's it's, just, it's like, more or less the same stuff that they that they because um, they don't show it on here, but uh, and they did this in the first concert tour too. They pre-record Sue insulting everybody for being there. Yeah. And um yeah. well and I will say there is a funny thing. When when they play that video for the second tour, they have a bunch of people going around dressed up as Cheerios and they're handing out barf bags. Because oh. it's gonna be such a terrible concert, you're all gonna barf. Oh boy. It's it's fine. It's just more of Sue being there's nothing it's original nothing about it. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. There is nothing that's like, oh, you know, sometimes, sometimes her monologues can be really hilarious, but this was just rehashed of everything that, mm-hmm. yeah, so. Um, the, the other thing that um, I I wanted to mention is that there's this little bit of the Warblers improving, which is hilarious. I don't, it's been a while, I, haven't, I don't know exactly uh, uh... what it is. Um, again, if you can, I don't even know what to look under, under that, but it's really kind of funny. I thought it was really, it's Darren with the rest of the Warblers are all kind of making stuff up and, and it's just really funny. That is part of their on the road, mm-hmm. um, video. So, um, like I see Leah had one, uh, Puck had one, uh, Kurt had one. The Warblers have one, cause and, and the where they're when they cut to them and they're they're like doing that little beatboxing, uh, and they're like thank you for being fa- all our fans or whatever. That's part of that video too. Um, so the only other thing, <laughs> the the you know the frosting on the cake here is this claim skit and the highlight say, of the tour. Let me say that uh, for homework, I made Bethany watch all of them. So <laughs> much screaming. Uh, so I, I, I started watching uh, yesterday, and I finished literally an hour before we started this, and my ears were gone. Oh, my gosh. So much screaming. And I'm just like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm trying to hear yours. You're there to watch the concert. <laughs> What's going on? Over your screen, how do you have eardrums? Just stop. But it was the same thing. Like when I watched videos of the Listen Up tour, people were there screaming, like, he's performing a brand new song that you've never heard before. Why are you screaming over it? Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. That's just, that's just me. What really, is, really. You can't hear it well without earphones in, so you have to listen to it with earphones. But yeah, the screaming, when I first, I went through all of them at one point, and I, could, I had to stop. I'm like, I cannot watch these all at once. All of them, and I hate you for it. So if you guys ever want to be on a podcast, I will give you really obnoxious homework for it. (laughs) Well, actually, I didn't watch all of them because some of them, the videos are no longer up. So then I had to read the transcripts. I didn't read the transcripts for all of them unless I couldn't make out what was saying. But like even parts of it, like after Blaine says I'm taken, he and Brittany have like a little exchange before Kurt comes up. And you don't have any idea what they say because it's so soft and yeah. it's not in the transcript. So whatever they were saying, it's like lost the annals of history. I could probably tell you because I transcripted a lot of them myself um, on my page. And I had at one point I had almost all of them memorized. 
Well, um, let's just talk about that. We don't we don't need to go through every single one of them. I'm not I'm not about every single one of them, damn it! I will talk about all of them at length. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I will apologize on the air about making you do that because I was kind of joking. <laughs> well, I, I guess I mean the thing about the skits is they actually started on the first tour, and in the first tour, they needed to fill time. Because they did uh, jump, complete with ginormous mattresses. So they needed to kill time for the stagehands to move said ginormous mattresses out onto the stage and get them set up so that when the cast started jumping on them, they didn't hurt themselves. Well, so... um, Go ahead. I was going to say, so I don't know who, but someone came up with an idea for Brittany to come out, and then she calls Kurt out onto the stage, and they have conversation, and um, it's actually, it's really funny and cute. If you ever get a chance to go watch it, there is one. I watched that, too. I blame you. For the first time um, today, actually, I I didn't, I had not, and I watched it, and it's Kurt in this, like, uh, flamboyant um, cape then that he's called a peacock. Like a feathered hat. And but underneath it, he's wearing his jump pajamas, and she's yeah, and Brittany's wearing her jump pajamas. And, uh, and she wants she, to make out with him, and he runs away. Uh-huh. She's, well, first she says, it's just like, you see all those guys back there? She says, those are stagehands. I made out with all of them. <laughs> and then she calls Kurt out. She's like, do you remember that time when we made out? And then it's like the whole time he's like, no, no, stop screaming, no. <laughs> I thought he played that very well. So I don't know why they, they just, I don't know why they did it, but I'm glad that they did. Um, so the Britney actually starts the skit by, I don't remember, I, I kind of skipped over the Britney stuff, but she wanted to find somebody else to make out with her. Yeah, she was very play. embarrassed because Kurt, she Kurt wasn't Scott, her type. She wasn't his type. Yeah. Yes. Throughout the entire, and I'm going to do a little tiny rant about this. She was like, I'm not <laughs> Kurt's type. And Blaine is like, I'm taken, not I'm gay. Doesn't, but then that would have been repeating the whole plot line and blaming on the outcome, whatever. But just like, they yeah. kind of oh, completely well, avoid I mean, that think... whole thing. That whole subject area is not touched whatsoever. It's just like, I'm not Kurt's type. Blaine is taken. Well, and I think the reason, not to defend it, because no, 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 I, I'm not saying uh, terrible, but that just bugged me after watching all of them. Eight times. <laughs> I think they basically wanted uh, an excuse for Kurt to come up the stairs and go, right. "Are you flirting with my man?" And I lost yeah, it I every time he did that. Why they did it? Uh, oh I don't my know, god, that's kept a straight face because he's like, "Brittany, are you well, flirting with my man?" And then sometimes you go, "Oh In my Chicago, god," whatever, and I'm like, "Oh my god, how are you? How are you so, not laughing?" And then he just jumped so, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's background this a little bit. So Chris, aside from the very very beginning, and even I guess to extent, even Heather and Darren did a little bit. As long as she basically had to to say that she wasn't Kurt's type, she was looking for someone new. She had to call Blaine onto the stage. They would have a conversation where it, which involved her asking him to make out, and then. Kurt would come up and say, Brittany, are you flirting with my man? And then he, and then after she, oh, and before she leaves, she goes, oops, I did it again. Which is really annoying. The the crowd never really got it. I mean, they did, but it was never funny. So she would just kind of go off stage awkwardly. Uh One one thing I did notice is that she would be like, I'm looking for someone who will actually like 
get with me or something like that. I can't remember what exactly what she said, which she said because I just finished watching them all. And every single video I watched, without fail, somebody in the crowd was screaming Santana. Somebody <laughs> every single time, and you could that tell they funny. were disappointed when she called a plane because they were really hoping that <laughs> Nia and Heather would kiss on stage. And I, yeah. which by the way, they did, didn't they? I think they did at the, at the Dublin tour. Or, uh, because that's why Jerry last night. But anyway, because um, that's why we'll, we'll, well, we can get to that in a minute. But um, um, so the actual once they get past that part. Chris wrote all of that stuff. So well, Chris, but there is a basic, there is a basic script because it felt like you, it, there's an evolution of these skits that get crazier as they go on, which is why you should just watch. And but it's, it's basically, um, you know, the you know, Chris, Kirk comes out and says, "Are you flirting with my man?" They banter about something, and then he proposes that Blaine joins Glee Club. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. it. And. And at some but point, the they went from Blaine <laughs> Warbler to Blaine Anderson. And I'm assuming sometime before the tour, they actually confirmed his name was Blaine Anderson. Because they I knew his they name was Anderson. It was, okay. uh, they gave him the last name Anderson in episode 12. Shh. That is the top of a hat. <laughs> it's it's so it, one of the things that I think is really really interesting about watching these in order is that well first of all each, there's a joke on each of the cities that's kind of mm-hmm. where Chris was writing every night but yep. the way Darren kind of deviates I mean he's so strict with his lines at the beginning yes. and through the first like ten cities and then he starts deviating himself from the yes. you know he starts to he play did. with it. Um, and, and that's kind of when it gets really interesting when, when Darren starts going along with Chris's madness. Yeah, um, well, because he uh, he threw in the, we uh, the you know you like the blazer or something like that. Cause yeah, it's like, that's like, let me do something I've never, ever done and wear another blazer. He's like, you like the blazer. Um, that was Darren's invention. Well, what was going on, aside from the fact that they were letting Chris come up with all this stuff by himself? was that somewhere along the line, Darren and Chris got into this sort of, I don't want to call it a bet, because I don't think they had a bet, but it was like a challenge to see who could make the other one break on stage. Right. So the farther the tour went, and Chris couldn't get him to crack or break character, the wilder and more outlandish the skits got, to the point where when they got to Europe, they had props. Well, before we get to the Europe stuff, though, um, kind of going through some of the, um, the like some of the earlier stuff. I don't. I, I mean, once you've seen the later stuff, it, the earlier stuff is like okay, it's, it's cute, cute, but um, it's not like oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, I, I do want to mention the Washington D.C. one. He's like <laughs> D.C. 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 Get it? Dapper yeah. continuously. <laughs> And Darren, oh boy, I bless him. He doesn't break. I'm just... no, he doesn't. And I think that was driving Chris insane. <laughs> um, there is one night though, and I don't. I think it's it's one of the early ones, and I don't remember. And it wasn't because of anything Chris did, but Darren does say Chris on stage. Yeah, um, he, he goes Chris Kurt. Yep, he no. he he screws up. Yeah, and he goes um, right back to it and doesn't even, isn't even face. Yep. On. There's there's the Toronto one, and I didn't know this until much later because Toronto so is the name of their first adopted child. <laughs> Sorry, 
They're poor, Lisa, poor I love you. I know. I'm like, I have a joke, you, and you're going to run into You can muzzle me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm, though. I'm so glad you're doing this with me. I'm going to go sit in the corner. Right, group hug. Group hug. I'm sorry. Come back. <laughs> <to me. laughs> I'll, I'll try really hard to be quiet. Okay, say what you're going to say. Oh, no, you already said it. It's okay. Oh, well, <laughs> I only brought, uh, well, can we talk about how Ontario is Kurt's stripper name? Why? No, are not a pick where that's a thing. That. Tell me about it. I don't know. And <laughs> in, in one of the ones where they were in Canada, uh, aside from Toronto being the name of their first adopted child, Ontario was his stripper name. Because they did, they did four Toronto shows, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and one of them he said that that Ontario was his stripper name, and four and we name. we had that was um that was an interesting weekend in fandom because on the one hand we're like oh my god they're gonna have a baby named Toronto and on the other hand we're like oh my god he's a stripper named Ontario. <laughs> I wish I kind of begrudged the Toronto thing, though, because all of these fanfics would have their kids' name as Toronto, and uh, it was obviously happens. a joke. And I'm like, why? is I couldn't figure out why all of these fanfics had this kid, the kid's name was Toronto. It's, yes, and, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, there's this really absolutely gorgeous fan art of Darren slash Blaine with a little, uh, uh, a little baby curled up on his chest and it's labeled Blaine in Toronto and that's where that came from. Oh, okay. It's, it's so pretty. Um, before we get to talk about Europe, were the any other um, of the early ones you guys want to talk about? Um, the one from the, one of the ones from New York always makes me laugh. It's the one where he says that uh, he's the, oh, some, uh, Something to his serendipity, the bloom to his berg, and the sesame to his street. And then Blaine goes, you had me at Sesame Street. Yep. <laughs> That's that funny. one's a good one. Um, I also noticed that, that he actually calls Blaine honey in these, and it's, like, so rare for Kurt to use, like, I a know. Well, uh, do you know what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, because it's in, and it's pretty much in every night, because he's like, no, 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 honey, No. You know what, though? If you notice, Kurt is a little, um, he, Chris is performing Kurt differently, and I don't know if this is going to make sense to anybody but my, me, but he's a little more flamboyant, that's not really the, quite the word, a little more cartoonish, a little more, like, energetic than what I think Kurt really is. A little, I think, a little more over the top. Yeah. He's and definitely pandering to the crowd during the skit, I will say that. Right. Yeah, he's there like, preening see. into the camera for a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he really is. Uh, so, I, it isn't, like, this, it, it's so funny, because it's very much Kurt, and at the same time, like, it's not a Kurt that I would expect on the show, especially post-season three. It it just is, isn't, um, and so. Um, but, I, but I found the, the transcript to the New York one. It's, um, uh... Oh shoot! Never mind. This is you're like the traffic. You're like the the traffic to my gym or something like the something oh, to my serendipity. Oh, this is they said um, a law was passed in New York City. Oh, um, that was the other one that they did for New York. Yeah. And he actually, um, Kurt actually says Blaine Anderson Cooper. Yes, he did that a few <laughs> times. Kurt Elizabeth Hummel. Yeah. 
Oh, and, and Billy does. This is the one where he says, "Shut up, Kurt. You had me at Sesame Street." Yep. So anyway, um, um, so. let me see. I just pulled up my list because I'm looking. Let's see here. And then they yeah. go to Europe, and it gets a little crazy. I think Chris was just so excited to be in London. I think so too. He, because um, he, I mean, I can't remember if they'd gone before. Oh, okay, the Ontario one is says it was his former exotic dancing name and oh is this is what it was and then so then blaine goes really how'd that work out for you and kurt goes oh you'll see in the encore <laughs> because it, i think single ladies would have followed the skit wouldn't it it was in it's the first it number in the encore yep that's funny yep um so do we want to talk about com- commemorative what is the word Commemorative, yeah. Uh, if they talk. weren't paper, I would have totally bought some. Commemorative. Commemorative. Yeah, the but they threw, them, somebody they threw them. them out to the audience. Several people got them, and one girl did posters. Good he for signed her. them all, too. Jeez, I'm kind of jealous about that. Yeah. But. Somebody else, um, somebody got the poem from the final night. He threw that in the audience. Somebody in VIP got it. I oh, would have cool. killed to have that. <laughs> I, th- I want to say that she posted about that, too, that it, it got posted. But I don't remember for sure. Then they dress up in one of them. Uh, that is one of the London ones. He he got um, the. Uh, oh my God! What do they call their soldiers? What's there's a word for them? I think they're just the guards of Buckingham Palace. The Buckingham. He got one of their hats. And he put that on Blaine, and then he got, like, a tiara, and he put that on him, and he was wearing, like, a cape, and they were waving around British flags, and they did, like, this pose and let everyone take pictures. And mm-hmm. um, and when they had the plates ones, uh, they um, – he was, like, running around the, straight, the stage going, clean plates, clean plates, clean plates. Yeah, and one of them, he was screaming just, royal, royal, royal. And at the end, was the one, oh, never, that was the one where they dressed up. That was the one yeah. where they dressed up. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember when he dressed up or not, because at the end, uh, when um, he was like, I want to do a big powerhouse 80s rock number, which I don't know if he ever actually got to do in the show or not. He was, and Kurt was like, no, dear, that's not very royal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and... I don't remember all the ones from London because I don't have them on my list, but I know there's one when they were in Ireland. Um, uh, he brought out a shirt that says "Likes Irish Boys" because apparently they, that was merchandise that they were selling. And That's funny because well, it's just because both Chris and Darren are of Irish heritage. I know. <laughs> and and so he talks to Blaine for a minute, and then he sits down, and he picks out this random girl in the VIP section, and he was like, hey, what's your name? And her name is Shannon, and he's like, how you doing, Shannon? He's like, and what do you think of the show? And are you in Glee Club, Shannon? No? Here, have a shirt, Shannon. <laughs> he does <laughs> ask, who's your that's favorite character? It's kid. okay if it's me. Yeah, that. <laughs> and that's I think Blaine said, I'm not in Glee Club. It's okay. You don't, you don't have to. Pick yeah. Me. Oh, yes. It's okay if you don't pick me. I'm not in Glee Club. Uh-huh. There's also the Leprechaun one, um, I would, where he I would have smacked where him. Kurt. I would have smacked him in the face. Uh, I don't remember this one. I'm blanking. He oh, pulled yeah. out a bag and he said there was a Leprechaun in it, and Darren or Blaine or whatever peered into it, and then Chris like screamed in his face. 
Brie. Oh, Yeah, Darren says you cheeky booger. He really was. <laughs> he was trying so hard to get him to break before the tour was over. Because you could tell, like, it was just escalating the farther along that it got. I, I, I want to note, every time he, like, collapsed on his back and was, like, kicking, I was so terrified he was going to kick Darren in the face. I think Darren was a little terrified he was going to kick Darren in the face. I'm just always, you know, I'm like, I would hurt my back doing that every night. Cage is not soft. And um, so that brings us, I mean, unless you have other ones that you want to talk about, and then we can talk about the last one. Yeah, let's ask Bethany if there's any more that she would like to talk about before. Uh, Well, like, I know a lot of the, when Kurt's like, I'm, it's it's perfect night to propose, and there's so much screaming to kiss him or actually get engaged. I'm like, Chris, if you wanted to break him, why didn't you just actually break out a ring? Like, just give ring pop even. (laughs) Oh, that would have been hysterical. Oh, my God. You know, and it's so funny to me, all of the craziness about, like, Clayne would never get married or whatever, and they tease this here. I mean, like, it just, it's so funny that it fits into the narrative, even though this isn't really part of the show. I'm like, come on, they were joking about this kind of stuff back in season two. I mean, of course that's where the show was eventually going to go. Yeah, there was also a lot of yelling for Blaine to take off the blazer. I'm like, yeah, he can do that. Yeah, <laughs> and there's lots of lovely shots of Chris in those pants, and damn, his ass is fine. Oh, yes, those oh, pants were very good to him. Yeah, dancing in those blazers, though. I mean, you know, it's so funny. I'm like, Darren looked really hot in that. I mean, okay, not sexually hot. hot. He <laughs> looks really hot, as in warm, as in I hope he's hydrating. I know. I mean, just like just the sweat dripping from all of those warblers because those stupid blazers, blazers are so like, heavy. Yeah, especially sweaty oh. guy. Like if you've ever he sweats anyway. Like, yeah, bad dripping. And I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. that had to be worse under the gel and the makeup and the blazer under blazing tour lights and everything. Yeah. So. Um, um, the other thing I noticed before we get, we get to the poem is um, when when Blaine changes it or when Darren changes it up, changes it up after um, Kurt says whoever says um, wear another blazer and the more he gets more and more sultry as yeah, he goes on he and does. says um, you know you love the blazer it's so funny that like there, the, some of the last times before the poem thing it's so sultry I'm like oh my god and then <laughs> and Kurt, like, in the background nodding is, is Kurt going nodding and then a minute Blaine turns away Darren turns away he starts shaking his head no yep <laughs> <laughs> so okay let's talk about this glorious wonderful poem oh that my god um, who, who <laughs> well, actually well because we have kind of to start from the beginning of this one because the Santana and Brittany kiss happens before the poem okay so they come out and it's already been insanity the whole concert because it's the last one and they, the cast has gone insane the audience is ridiculously loud they've got beach balls that are like the size of small cars or something floating around in the audience and one of them actually gets hit on stage while they're talking but Brittany mm-hmm. comes out and um uh I think this is one of the uh, one of the ones where she comes out and she's singing my cup to herself, which I think is so funny. That is kind of funny. I didn't know she did that funny. <laughs> she did it a couple times, and um, 
And then she gives a whole diatribe, like a whole long thing, and she's talking to the audience about how, like, she should find someone to make out with. And then she finally calls Darren out. He comes out. He's taking pictures. Oh, that's funny. Of the audience. And um, because he said it was their last night on tour, and he wanted to take pictures of all the beautiful, beautiful people. And then um, she... uh, Asks him if he wants to make out, and then the the beach ball rolls up on stage before he can say anything. So he hits it, and she goes, "Oh man, I was gonna lay on that." And he's like, "Oh, you should have." <laughs> can you imagine what that would have done? Oh man. <laughs> And then he said, said something about making out, and oh, and the other thing he started doing uh, about halfway through was asking the crowd if he should make out with her. Oh, yeah. He started going, hey, do you guys think I should make out with her? What do you think? Should I make out with her? And, you know, of course, everybody's screaming. And then, um, and then he says he's taken, and Kurt, you know, says, um, uh, is getting ready to say his line, and then Santana appears from the other side of the stage and um she's like well i was just hanging around backstage and i heard you say you wanted to make out with someone and then she looks at blaine she's like and you're taken she goes i'll kiss you and so um britney's like really and so it's this really cute really like just it's like a peck it's it's not like a, a kiss kiss like not like the one that darren planted on chris it's a very cute, very sweet kiss. It's absolutely adorable. So they do like a little countdown, and then they kiss, and then Brittany hugs her, and Liz all bouncy and excited, and then they run off stage together, and uh, and then you know Kurt comes running over, and then he does his poem. I've so after to... all, that's already all happened in like the first five minutes. We haven't even gotten to the poem yet. Well, and then Kurt says, so I wrote you a poem. And Blaine says, oh, you you didn't. Kurt's like, so which romantic. Well, yep, you're, uh, Kurt says, uh, which I, w- I will recite for you now. And Blaine's like, you're such a re- romantic. Okay. Yeah. And then um, Blaine Anderson Warbler, I have never loved another, except for last year when I was in love with my stepbrother. I admire you almost as much as the late Alexander McQueen. You squint when you sing. <laughs> How I miss our impromptu funny thing. Um, every line is just aimed for him to to drag Darren up. How I miss our impromptu performances in the Dalton Academy halls, the room, the bleachers. Where the hell were all the teachers? We've seen everything eye to eye, except for he um squ- he 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 lowers himself because the, because Darren's shorter. Mm-hmm. All the pain and the hurt. At least we did until my last growth spurt. We've shared as many in- intimate moments that shine and glitter. <laughs> I don't think I ever noticed that line. Um, just the two of us, Facebook, MySpace, Tumblr, and Twitter. Since we've met, it's almost been, it's, since we've met, it's been absolute heaven for your, I mean, consideration, 2011. But through all the glory, the scary, and the hype, I swear to God, I'm going to punch the next person who calls me a stereotype. I'm so glad you found a partner as talented as me, and forever we shall be, unless the writers change things in season three. That's usually when I lose it when I start when I am watching that because I just think, well, not in season three, but in season four. But it just makes me laugh so hard. Well, and my thing is, then they get to the proposal, and, and Kurt's like, "Will you join Glee Club?" And Blaine's like, "Shut up, get up here!" And you can see Chris break. He's like, "What?" <laughs> There's this total like WTF <laughs> moment, and he covers it really, really well. But then he does this sort of sidestep, like, "Yes." And then, and then, uh, well, Darren's like, you had me at Emmy, and it's just plants one on him, and 
I've seen it a million times, so Chris's hands are, like, flailing in midair, because he doesn't know what to do. He yeah. walks around a little drunk after that, too. He's I know! Like, oh. And he walks around, he stumbles, he falls down, he rolls around on the stage. He's and a then bit Lane... Buckstruck. yep. <laughs> Lane says, uh, he says, Kurt, you're my man and my inspiration. I would love to join Glee Club. Uh, and then the most flirty way of saying... Yep. We've been through this. You love the blazer. You love the blazer. So oh my god! He got <laughs> down. He bent down in front of him. He's looking him right in the eye. And that microphone was right up there. His voice dropped. To, I don't know what octave, dude. We've been through this. You love the blazer. You I can't love the blazer. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Well, and and so, then, <laughs> I love the end of it because then he goes, after they do that whole 80s powerhouse ballad thing, he goes, no, honey, no. It's scripted that Finn is next. <laughs> like, you're going to think of anything? <laughs> <laughs> like, he was just done. Like, we're done now. <laughs> oh. And it's, oh, those were such, I can only imagine being in fandom at that point when you, you get oh my god okay so when this happened we kept hearing rumors but nobody was posting anything and, oh really well it took a while for stuff to show up online and mm-hmm. so like we kept hearing stuff people and this was the second of two shows on a sunday in Ireland, and uh, so, like, we kept hearing things, people were saying, and then, like, people were tweeting, oh my god, there was a kiss, and blah, 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 and we're like, no, there wasn't, they were just saying that, I won't believe it till I see it, and god, you know, damn it, where, where's the footage, I need a clean skin, I'm gonna die here, and, um, so, uh, but yeah, but then, when the footage showed up, there are, like, 11 billion videos of this kiss from about seven or ten different angles. Oh, yeah. I have I think many I've of them seen... saved onto my computer. But why? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that, but I've seen them quite a few times. Um, but, yeah, that, it, for, it, it's, it was never something that was going to be in the movie, but that is the kind of thing that kind of made this the tour kind of special. Um, and then something that bring it to the movie, just it doesn't, it just That's doesn't the kind of have thing that, that yeah that never that will never translate into a movie. You're never going to get that in the moment spontaneous thing that happens. That's just this really great thing on film, yeah. not like that. You know. Well, so. and kind of taking this in a little bit different direction, something that I was talking to some some of my followers with after I did the live blog is I said something about how it it was it, the movie was a commentary on um how it changed this, these people's lives, but it was still when the, the the show was mainstream and somebody was like, "Well, you know, but they mentioned like the one the kid the the male was gay and we were kind of assuming that the the redheaded girl was was at least dating a woman. And I was like, yeah, they'd talk about it, but there was no, there was nothing in it to show that it was kind of this queer show, um, Mm. that it was still very a mainstream phenomenon at the time. Um, it wasn't the little niche that it it eventually became. Where, you know, 
three-fourths of your main cast of characters was queer in some way. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting aspect to come out of it. And, and just, like, where, you know, they would have never let Brittany or Santana or Kurt and Blaine kiss in, in the concert type thing. I mean, of course Mm-mm. that was just an improv thing that they threw in there at the last time. I mean, it wouldn't be something that they would have been really allowed to do possibly yeah well, and, and they did it in in at one of the european shows too yep that's so true it, it you know and then of course it was the very last show and that last show was insanity from start to finish anyway so i mean it was just it was nuts what that was but yeah i mean there was a lot of freaking out because at this point um, we'd only seen them have the one kissing scene. That's true. Yeah. They had only kissed and, an original yeah. song. Brittany and Santana had not kissed at all at that point. Not on screen, no. And no. Um, they weren't even officially together. Oh, that too. So, I, I yeah. mean, it's kind of it's just interesting to me that, like, how much the show changes after this. I mean, I mean kind of post-season three, but just how it kind of goes in a different direction. Because a lot of this, the movie stuff was just, you know, it's changing people's lives, and it was. I'm not saying it wasn't. And, it, you know, and but it, it just became something completely different. Kind of left turn after this. So. I don't know. Yeah, it's right, weird. So, what, would you guys have more thoughts? Is something that we want to talk about that we didn't hit upon? Um... Well, I did kind of um, write oh write down a few things. Um, one other thing, though, talking about the tour directly, um, while they were in Europe, they filmed the Fashion Night Out video. Okay, do you want to explain what that is in case anybody missed it? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if they still do them, but Fashion Night Out is something that's sponsored by a lot of big name fashion stores so like your Saks, your you know like barney's like basically high-end boutique stores Mm. and the idea is you would have a fashions night out and you'd get really good sales if you would go shop at the stores on those nights and um some of the stores would even have celebrities come in and sign i want to say one year darren was the one Darren did one of the of a fashion night out video by himself, and he actually went and signed autographs at one of the stores. But the idea behind it is they make these videos to advertise for the fashion night out and kind of promote it a little bit. Well, I don't know why, but they chose the Glee cast to do it for the 2011 one, and um, the video was produced uh, by – it's affiliated with Vogue in some way. Um, and so they filmed it – Wearing these really amazing outfits. Um, yeah, it's really and good. It, it's a really good video, sort of like a, a a a photo, a video of a photo shoot, but like it's not behind the scenes. It's actually, you know, it's like a well done video, and but they're all singing to um, what is the name of that song? I don't remember. I cannot remember the name of the song. It's like an '80s song. And most of it is Leah singing. Madonna um, song, I think. Or, or what did you say, hon? I think it's like a Madonna Is it called song? Fashion? Yeah, it's Fashion. But I don't know yeah. anything other than that. It sounds... Um, 
So yeah, I mean, um, it is Leah, uh, um, even if it's well done or the, some of the same. But there are little bits when what when the, I think the most um, iconic moment from our little slice of fandom is mm-hmm. when Lane, Darren, whoever walks down. I think down they were themselves. Stage. It's Darren and Chris. They walk down the stage like they're walking a runway, and they end up giving each other this look, like like dude. That was a lot of model Kurt and Blaine fix were born. Oh, yes. Yeah, and that launched a lot of of model Clane. Um, And uh, so it's a really great video. um, And uh, it's really interesting, though, but the biggest bummer is that Naya was really sick, so she's not in it. Oh, and she would have looked really good. She would have killed those outfits, right? If you look at what some of them were wearing, and all of their outfits are really, like, high-end fashion, but a little over the top. But it just works for all of them. And a lot of the guys are wearing... shirts that say FNO, which, you know, fashion side out. So, and I remember that Chris complained that his pants were way too tight. He always complains that his pants are too tight. These pants were that's, really tight, though. That's why he wrote that line in his own episode about, like, I don't know, the pants always mean too tight. Yeah. But, so, and um, then, um, um I was, I was, I, I, go ahead. A really quick aside uh-huh. was, you showed me, and I had never seen this before, um, Back when they did the Sue Sylvester Shuffle, they had a Chevy commercial. And Chris, oh. and, are not, Chris and Darren are not in this. It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I, I'm like, this is I, had, okay. <laughs> I actually forgot all about it. And then I was looking for the FNO video, and I stumbled on the Chevy commercial. I was like, we never talked about the Chevy commercial. And it's a, a clip from this show, like a deleted scene almost, and it's a like a uh, uh, dream sequence of them filming the Chevy commercial, and it is the most absolutely ridiculous commercial you've seen in your whole life. It's, yeah, I'm like, I'm so happy Chris and Darren are not a part of this thing. It's I just... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. I did not know it existed until... Until I told you about that. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see, unless there's other stuff that you guys wanted to talk about. The only other stuff I have is, like, some fandom-related things on my list. Oh, sure. Let's go ahead and... and Bethany, you've been kind of quiet. Was there anything that you wanted to... Um... No, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like, no, there's, like, not really anything I can add to it, because I wasn't really, I guess, active in the fandom at this time. Like, I've seen all the clips, and I've seen a lot of the freaking out afterwards, so it's just kind of like, I'll jump in when I can, but unfortunately, <laughs> there's not much I can say, and it's hard to, because, like, I, I, I know Lisa has a lot of stuff that she wants to get out so. <laughs> you saw my email. I, mean, I read your email. I watched the clips. I didn't know about the girl almost pulling Darren into a crowd. So thank. Oh, God. we haven't we watched that. that. We haven't I, talked about that. That's in this section. But <laughs> oh, did you I, actually go and watch it? I did. Yeah. I did. Um. So we can start with that if you want. So. Uh, when that happened, at first people were saying he just fell off, like on accident. 
And then when the video turned up, we're like, no, she pulled him off the stage. And he said he very nearly went headfirst into the concrete barrier that separated the VIP section from the front of the stage there. That's so scary. And he, if he had hit that head first, I hate to think of what would happen. And then, um, actually, after that happened, he tweeted about it, and it's the first time he ever tweeted and ended his tweet with a smiley face and an exclamation point next to it. Mm. And that became a fandom thing after that. If we were kind of, like, trying to show that we were, like, pissed about something, you'll see the, the smiley face exclamation point. Yeah. It became a thing that everybody started doing. I don't know. It's weird. I, I I don't know. Like most of my um most of my audience is between thirty and fifty five, um so they don't need to hear this probably. But please don't pull your favorite artist into the. the she crowd. was an older woman. She oh, was wasn't. She? It wasn't a teenager. No, she was like she uh, was older. Not like okay. old old. But I would say like everybody. Do you not pull your favorite artist? into to the audience. I, I, and I don't, off the talent. Yes. It's one yes. thing to reach out and touch their hands, slap them a high five. Don't pull them off the stage. No. Like, I know Darren's <laughs> yummy, but let him... Don't <laughs> He's not going home with you, honey. Even if you pull him down, he's not going home with you. <laughs> if you seriously injure him, he will not be able to perform later. Exactly. You know? And Mia will find you. No, I'm kidding. I'll read that out. <laughs> Um, what else do I have? Um, uh, Darren inadvertently, uh, started the reform bad boy fanfic trope for the fandom by tweeting a picture of himself and the other main warbers in front of a sign in a worn down building that said Dalton something or another that somehow became, after Photoshop, became the Dalton Reform School for Boys. Uh, Lisa, you're gonna have to put together a um, a a links list. <laughs> like, I re- am. Yeah, with all of these. I actually went and found that the other night just because I was trying to figure out. Uh, I wanted to see what the original looked like because they all look like like they're all wearing like half of them were wearing beanies and they're all wearing beat up jeans and they're all posing up against this fence trying to look like they're all bad and it really does look like. You know, it's it's a chain link fence, so yeah, we uh we embrace that one a lot. Mm. And mm. let's see what else is on here. Do do um the infamous don't cut the cord concert. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Oh jeez. I don't even I don't remember which one it was, but it was the one right after they announced that and I don't I've never seen it in a video, but people were tweeting about it. Mm. Probably because it didn't get out. Like, if you watch something and people are like, oh, it's all screaming in this area, but it doesn't get out to the general. Like, you could probably videotape from the other side and not hear it. Yeah, that's possible. Um, And the only other thing I had on here is one of the big things during the tour was when uh, Darren and and a bunch of the other cast members 
for some reason, I don't know why this was, they took a plane to one of the tourist stops and they decided to tweet while on the plane. And so they're all tweeting at each other and trying, and then they're like, hey, let's answer questions. And it, the whole thing was just absolutely adorable. And Darren misspelled Diana's name. And um, it was a good time because he'd never really interacted with any of those cast members before. Oh. And it was the first time he'd really, like, actually like, interacted with any of them. Well, if Blaine wasn't a hit before, I'm sure... I feel like after this kind of cemented him into it, the Glee All of the reviews for the tour talk about how the Warblers set was always the loudest for the crowds were always screaming the hardest and were the, were one of the best parts of, of the concert and everybody, you know, I'm just like, yeah, that about sums it up. Oh, and, you know what that, And Darren <laughs> even mentioned in the skit a couple of times, like, I see a lot of Warbler ties in mm. the audience mm-hmm. when he's like kind of playing, joining Glee Club, even though Blaine is part of the Glee Club. It's just he's asking, being asked to be join the New Directions, but because of the way that sounds, if you say it the wrong way, they probably decided yeah. just to stick with Glee Club. Probably yeah. because it, yeah, one one wrong inflection to what the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Oh <laughs> yes, exactly. And and then it's a porn. It's a porn concert. Oh boy! <laughs> Sorry, you knew I was gonna go there. Come on! But that's you that's know, exactly why it's join Glee Club and not join leave the Warblers and join New Directions kind of thing. New Directions. Oh my God. Yep. Um, you know what? It was something that I realized they edited this movie. I wonder how much like if they have all the, this group of two hundred fans that they were doing for this movie what the actual percentage of love for each character was, you know? Like, was it, you know, did they have to really search for that one person that really liked Artie? Or was it more equal? Or I'm, I'm really curious now. I mean, we'll never know, I know. but... I oh, wonder speaking what... of random fan things, so I don't know if you can pick them out, because I don't know if you ever watched it, but... So, the movie came out, and the Glee Project hadn't started yet... Mm-hmm. So at the time, I didn't realize it, but later on, I had actually, I've seen the movie more than once. Don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> later on, I, after the Glee project had happened, I went back and watched the movie again for whatever reason. And in a couple of shots to the audience, Damien McGinty and his brother are there. And so is um, Lindsay, what's her name? The one who plays Harmony. Is that her name? Pierce? Lindsay Pierce? I, I think so. She's there, too. So they had already either filmed the Glee Project or had started filming it and knew that they were going to be in it because they actually very deliberately panned to them in the audience. I thought that's so funny. Wow. I don't know if I will watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good for a while. Yeah, me too. Um, I may, like, if my nieces get older and want to watch something, I could stick it in and have them watch it. If I may, every once in a while, watch that clip of Friday, because I think that's actually really good. But. It is really good. I just, I'm so baffled as to why it ended up as a DVD extra when it got cut from all the concerts. <laughs> I don't, it, maybe by the time the DVD was ready, they'd resolved it and gotten permission to use it. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Oh, we didn't talk about 
this one other thing. I don't know if either one of you have seen it. Have either one of you seen Darren do the safety dance? No, but I want to. (laughs) (laughs) There are two videos, both of them from Europe. I want to say they're both uh, Dublin, Ireland shows. I want to say one of them... I don't know if they were both from the same day or if it's like one was Saturday, one was Sunday. One of them is from the very last show. Um, In the first one, he pops up. And both times he pops up, he pops out next to where Riker is. I don't know if you've seen the number, but you can see where Riker is because he he dances back up in that number. He's got – and you can't miss him. Yeah, all the backup dancers are warblers. Almost all of them are, yeah. Yeah. and, and that's one of the reasons why they were allowed to come on the tour when when they were talking about who could come and what they wanted to do. A lot of the reasons why those warblers came is because they could dance. And is that why, so, isn't there? Is that why? Oh, I don't like, know. Dominic Barnes. Dominic Barnes. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. They never really said why he wasn't there. But a lot of I, I, oh, I, the show was missing a little bit of sunshine. Maybe, but the reason why, at least cost-wise, I think they justified bringing along the Warblers, aside from the fact that, you know, the fans loved them, was that they could use the Warblers to be backup dancers and other stuff in other numbers, and they could serve a multiple purpose, you know? So Riker's in the safety dance, and he's off to one side, and so in, in those... A uh, couple of dates. So Darren pops out about halfway through the song, right next to him. And the first time he's wearing his uh, the blue T-shirt that they're all wearing at the end, the one that they put the blue jackets on over, mm-hmm. and the yep. coral pants. And, and the coral pants. <laughs> um, I don't remember if he. I guess he would have had them on at that point. Yeah. Um, and so he finishes out the dance and, um, it's really cute and and he tries really hard to get it. Well, then on the last night, when he comes out, he's wearing his pink sunglasses. He has the blue shirt on, but he's pulled the front and lifted it up through the collar of his shirt. So it's like a halter top. And his whole stomach is exposed, and he's wearing a warbler blazer, and he is just like no holds barred. It is, I, you just have to watch it. It's so ridiculous. But the thing about the last night when they did safety dance, when everybody came out, like, it was a wonder nobody came out nude. (laughs) Because when you see the, the stuff that the people are wearing when they come out for this number, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I just, he comes out and I just, oh, to this day, I cannot get over it. And, and, and those are both on YouTube because I checked. Yeah, well, this is one of those ones I, I, I will, um, afterwards, we'll get together and try and come up with a link page for all of this stuff so people can see it. Yeah, because I, I mean, I went and I... I, I went and I looked at some stuff, and there is a lot of stuff that's still there, but there was some stuff I couldn't find. So it's, I mean, they're just not looking in the right place, or it's not there anymore. Well, um, let's kind of wrap it up. Um, any last thoughts that you would, you guys want to shout out before I kind of wrap it up? Um... Oh. Well, here's here's my thing to those of you that have not watched it. Eh, I don't know. Uh, there's some clips on YouTube. I mean, check out the clean skits. 
Um, check out some of the things that you may not have seen before, but um, unless you really, really want to see something that is meh, or really want to get a sense of that time period, um, I, th I think you guys, I think you can pass. But that's my opinion. So. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I, I, I mean, I don't think you know. Now looking back, I don't know that I would have paid for it, but. I did at the time, so, you know. All right, Bethany, any last words? Um, watch the concert part. Skip over all the rest. <laughs> there you go. Be alive, guys. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, and then, you know, go watch the clean skits, but be prepared for A, lots of screaming, and B, don't <laughs> watch them all in a row like I did, because... After a while, I'm sorry, they get monotonous because the, they do. the, the I, jokes I, I were only that. there for so long. But, you know, uh -huh. they'll rewatch the last night over and over and over again and just yeah, enjoy good one. multiple, multiple cam reviews. Mm. Watch all the Check single ladies, uh, the single ladies ones. Yes, those are good. Yeah, because yeah. I think the one where he's wearing the warbler tie was the same concert as the kiss, wasn't it? It is. It's the final yeah. night. That was probably what he had to do for cracking. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. Like, hey, you cracked, you have to wear the warbler tie now. That's um, well, actually, uh, most of the cast was wearing warbler ties at that point over their outfits, and all of the boys at some point, except for except for Darren and Chris, uh, were all shirtless under their glee jackets. Oh, that's funny. It, it, I forgot there's time. This is such a side tangent that to end this whole thing on. There is a very famous, um, which I haven't ever been able to find in, in recent years. Uh, a, uh, they weren't gifs. Uh, they were pics of all of the sh guys shirtless. And this was season f into season four because um, some of the new guys were there too. Every single one of them, including like Matt Morrison, except for, and there's that famous picture of Chris under an umbrella with a parka on or whatever. The <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, what that is, <laughs> that is a commentary about how we had never seen Chris shirtless, and yes, every other guy on the show had been shirtless, but after season five, that's not true anymore. <laughs> no, it's, not. it's just funny to me that, like, of course, Chris, because at the time, I don't think he wanted to either. It wasn't something that he was really interested in doing. Yeah. But it was just funny. So, and on that and note... Um, yeah, this has been live. <laughs> In 3D! In 3D! <laughs> Will be suspicious. Your lips look delicious. My brother will be there at the door. Waves upon the tropical shore. My name is Oh, I want some more. Oh, what are you waiting for? Take a bite of my heart tonight. Whether life disabilities let you out past bullet or seize, rejoice and love yourself today. Cause baby, you were born this no. way. So raise your glass if you are wrong. In all the For this moment to arrive
Somewhere only 